Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us here at Midweek, letting us be part of your day. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you. Busy program today. We'll be getting a Washington update from Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Get the latest on negotiations on the COVID aid bill and the spending bill. Where are they with that? We'll get his thoughts on some other issues as well. We'll be talking with the National Farmers Union, their thoughts on the choices so far by President-elect Biden to fill out key spots in his administration. And we'll also be talking with Brian Keel, co-executive director for Farmers for Free Trade, as a number of ag groups uh, kind of giving some uh, information to the incoming administration about what they would like to see done in in the area of trade, what they see as uh, the key critical issues that need to be addressed. So all that coming up on today's program. We're going to start things off with Chris Clayton, DTN Ag Policy Editor. Chris, thanks for joining us, and Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. Hey, Merry Christmas, Mike. Good morning today. Well, we know that uh, Tom Vilsack is going to be returning to lead USDA, a position he held for eight years in the Obama administration. I know uh, you have covered him uh, quite a bit over the years. Uh, What are your thoughts on that choice? It was actually, I guess, somewhat surprising. And, uh, you know, there was, as uh, President-elect Biden had said on Friday, he had to uh, uh, really push uh, Vilsack to take the position, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, so, so yeah, you know, of all the names that were picked uh, or put out there, um, it, it was surprising that they went, you know, with a, a, essentially a very centrist option. I guess I was not surprised he wanted Vilsack to do it. I was surprised that Tom took it. I, I think back to the end of those eight years, and there was a lot of speculation, would he finish out that second term as Ag Secretary? And I thought at times he looked very tired and kind of run down. There was some talk about maybe some, you know, some back issues or some, some health challenges. And I, I just thought he kind of looked worn out at that point. So I was a little surprised he decided to, to come back and do it again. Well, maybe it's like those old athletes. You, you, you're, you're out of the position for a while. You get a little rejuvenated, and uh, <laughs> you're ready for to come out of retirement and uh, and, and uh, step back in. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. He, he was, I think, very frustrated at the end of how things kind of, um, kind of ground down uh, at the end of the Obama administration, and probably felt like he did not get to. Uh, uh, advance some uh, agenda items like you wanted to. I think from the ag group's standpoint, there's some familiarity with him, certainly. They've worked with him before. Um, I think from that standpoint, especially going into uh, the next few years where it looks like there's going to be so much focus on uh, climate change and environmental issues, uh, I think they feel more comfortable with him at the table as ag secretary uh, working on some of those issues and how they'll impact agriculture. Yeah, um, you know, they, 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 a lot of them say that now uh, until something is proposed, and then we'll <laughs> see how the uh, how the pushback actually occurs. Um, you know, the the focus, though, you know, we saw with the renewable fuel standard you know, an injection in, in rural America of stimulus that came in the renewable fuel standard creates biofuels that have lower carbon emissions than petroleum does. And it was a tremendous boon for rural America. It was a tremendous boon for farmers. But we lost steam. And I, I think Vilsack certainly understood that. And that's what he has really tried to push forward on is Finding that next injection of uh, renewable energy, and you know, as he likes to say, you know, uh, bioeconomy aspects that can move agriculture, you know, forward uh, again. We're talking with Chris Clayton, DTN Ag Policy Editor. 
Well, certainly Tom Vilsack has been a, a supporter of, of biofuels. And I've tried to tell people when they asked me about Tom Vilsack, I said, he's very intense. He's very passionate. And on, on some key areas, he, he can, he's really focused on. And uh, uh, that com- sometimes comes across as maybe a little gruff or, or you know, kind of sometimes can even rub people the wrong way sometimes. But he, he just he feels so very strongly. He, he does get very intense about some issues. Yeah, he, he can be uh, you know somewhat abrasive uh, at times, but he, he he's a, you know definitely a, a serious policy walk um, mm-hmm. uh, within the Democratic Party. He uh, you know he really focuses intensely on uh, uh, on the policy issues that uh, that he wants to move forward on, and um, and certainly that's again the issues of climate uh, and. Um, renewable energy are some of those key topics for him. What do you see, Chris, uh, based on the choices that uh, President-elect Biden is making to fill some key spots as they pertain to agriculture? What do you see as the direction they're going to want to go here these next four years? Well, I think we're still sitting in here waiting to see who is the EPA administrator. And -hmm. um, and, and there's uh, that one, too, the People that they had, uh, you know, were pitched early. Right now, might not be the uh, who's selected, but you know, that that position is going to be so critical for biofuels, for renewable energy, the uh, RFS. And so that's one that everybody's really got to uh, key upon more than anything else, because you know, as far as USDA, you've got the farm bill. We're in the middle of a farm bill at the moment. Um, we're going to have a uh, new House and Senate Agriculture Committee leadership, so it's going to take them time to get, uh, you know, themselves established and their committees established. So in, in that aspect, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot in terms of maybe ag at the moment, but there are a lot of key biofuel decisions that need to be made immediately. And so EPA is really the position that is going to be, I think, the biggest position immediately when it comes to how the effect on the ag economy going forward. Yeah, I agree. And and possibly another battle over waters of the U S yeah, it's a never ending situation. And in, you know, that is, that's a failure of Congress. Uh, Congress really, you know, they like to kick EPA regardless of what they do on that situation. But, you know, you've had, constantly divisive uh, separate Supreme Court decisions over time and Congress has been unwilling to step in and and give EPA a firm direction on where to go with that mm-hmm. so it becomes this battle you know the current rule under the Trump administration is not being litigated well you know what happens if it gets thrown out by one of the appeals courts as well well then you're right back to where you uh, started right. um, with that Hey, we could do a whole show on failures of Congress, right? But we'll do that. We'll do that another time. Chris, thanks a lot. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks a lot, Mike. Take care. DTN Ag Policy Editor Chris Clayton. Up next, we'll talk with the National Farmers Union. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're joined now by the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall. Zippy, let's talk about some of the things happening. The apparent choice of Tom Vilsack to return to USDA in an Biden administration. Your thoughts on that choice? Well, I think that's a great choice. Uh, Secretary Vilsack spent eight years there, and, you know, he comes there with great credentials. I mean, as being governor 
great state of Iowa, big agricultural uh, state. And then, of course, since, since he came out of USDA, he spent some time with U.S. Dairy Export Council, and he stayed involved in the agriculture area. So Tom Vilsack's a friend of mine. We have a good relationship. I'm really excited and looking forward to working with him again to move agriculture forward. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture. agriculture. Conversations with policymakers, the movers and shakers in the ag industry. The pros and cons of issues important to you, cutting through the spin to get to the heart of the topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you a guest important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Joining us now is Mike Strands. He's vice president of advocacy for the National Farmers Union. We want to talk about the transition change from the Trump administration to the Biden administration. We know now, of course, that Tom Vilsack will be the new secretary of agriculture, coming back to the position he held for eight years during the Obama administration. Mike, thanks for joining us. What, what are your thoughts and what's Farmers Union's thoughts on the choice of Tom Vilsack to return to USDA? It's clear that President-elect Biden wants his cabinet to be able to hit the ground running on day one. And at USDA, you couldn't ask for anyone better than that who's prepared and ready and knows how to get things done at the department than former Secretary Tom Vilsack. Uh, So we're, you know, Farmers Union sees this as a real positive, given that uh, we've got so many challenges right now after the pandemic and years of a downturn in the farm economy and so many other challenges, including climate change facing us, uh, Secretary Vilsack is just who you need to make sure things run smoothly uh, right out of the gate. Well, there's certainly a familiarity, and he should be able to hit the ground running just because of that familiarity with the position and the familiarity with the ag community with Tom Vilsack and his style and his approach. But I guess what we don't know is what will the emphasis of the Biden administration be? We'll we'll kind of watch that. We figure what climate issues will be probably near the top of the list. It certainly looks that way. Uh, Of course, the pandemic kind of overshadows everything. And in every department, in every uh, cabinet official, uh, we'll have to spend a lot of time thinking about and responding to the pandemic. But then as you, as you mentioned, climate does look to be at the top of the list for anything else. And both with uh, Secretary Vilsack's comments in recent days uh, about how climate is a uh, maybe not a bigger issue, but more at the forefront than it was four years ago when he left office, uh, that does make us think that USDA will have plenty of actions at their disposal to help out on the climate front. Uh, we'd also like to raise issues, Farmers Union would like to raise the issues of competition and market competitiveness uh, so that farmers get a fair shake in a marketplace that's uh, pretty consolidated. So we'd like to see that at the top of the list, too. 
We're talking with Mike Strands, Vice President of Advocacy for the National Farmers Union. Along with Secretary Vilsack, we also have a, a new pick for trade representative. What are your thoughts on that pick? Certainly, uh, nominee Catherine Tai has a lot of experience working on Capitol Hill as a trade lawyer and has been able to get a lot of work done, important work done in the last few years, especially uh, with the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, we're hopeful that her choice uh, is kind of a way to find middle ground on some of the traditional uh, back and forth that we see in the trade policy arena, typically between the fair trade and free trade sides of it. Uh, Farmers Union has a lot of uh, concerns about how things have been running the last several years, particularly in our relationship with China. And uh, hopefully with kind of a new path, uh, trade representative Ty, if she were confirmed, would be able to help break through that. What in particular are you hoping to see in relationship with China? Certainly. So in the last few years uh, with the downturn and continued low prices uh, for much of the last few years when our export market to China went away, uh, showed that China is extremely important to our farm economy. At the same time, we've also seen some bad behavior by China in recent years uh, as far as currency manipulation or uh, intellectual property issues. It's important that we address those and don't back away from China's uh, misdeeds on that front. However, if we go at it alone and we unilaterally take action against China, uh, we've seen what happens when China fights back. And the impact on our markets and on our bottom lines has been pretty severe. And uh, it's going to take a long time to rebuild that. Even if we've seen some improvement through phase one of the deal or kind of the follow-up to the uh, trade war, there's still a lot of ground yet to be regained and hopefully work from the future trade representative Catherine Tai and former and future secretary Vilsack can help bring that about. Will Farmers Union push for the U.S. to get back into TPP or, or something similar to that? So that takes us back a few years to you know, 2016 when both Secretary Clinton and presidential candidate Trump uh, both pushed to get out of the TPP. And in the years prior to that, Farmers Union raised a lot of questions about uh, TPP as well. Uh, maybe it's time to revisit the idea of TPP, but there's still a lot of negotiations that would have needed to occur in 2016 to earn Farmers Union support. Uh, and as we all know, the world has changed quite a lot since four years ago. So it, I think it's too early to know if we would... Uh, take up TPP just as it was four years ago, or it probably needs a, a, a greater review and we'll have to weigh the outcomes then. You mentioned another, one of your priorities is competitiveness, and we know there's, uh, we at least we assume there's still a Department of Justice investigation going on into the uh, markets. Uh, not sure where that's at with the transition going on at DOJ as well. What would you hope to see the new administration do in that area? Certainly. Uh, yeah, there's been a few uh, recent expanded investigations on how the market reacted uh, due to the pandemic. And if a lot of that was exacerbated or made worse by a lack of competition in so many of our markets, uh, as you mentioned, the Department of Justice plays a huge role in that, but USDA has a role to play as well. Uh, over the summer and into the early fall, we heard kind of progress reports on what the uh, uh, situation is or what happened in the case of a couple of interruptions, one from the fire a couple of years ago, and now the pandemic and how that affected beef prices and pork for that matter. Uh, USDA has got a lot of work to do yet. It was far from an exoneration. It was saying that the process was still underway. So USDA will keep working on that. DOJ will keep doing studies. But what we want to see from the next administration is action beyond studies and enforcement and holding uh, our antitrust laws up as a, as a priority and as a way to make sure that farmers have a chance to succeed in this marketplace. 
Secretary Vilsack has been a strong supporter of biofuels, and there's certainly been this uh, back and forth uh, on biofuels, so many controversial issues and uh, lack of action by the EPA. Uh, we wait to see what the new approach will be in the new administration. What are you hoping to see as an approach to biofuels policy moving forward? Biofuels have given our rural communities an economic boost in the last 20 years or less and uh, are certainly poised to continue to build on that. Uh, we saw a lot of kind of favoritism almost towards uh, the oil industry and uh, in the last few years of the Trump administration here. And Secretary Vilsack's proven record of advancing uh, rural energy produced uh, from our farms as a way to uh, both help our energy independence, but also to uh, help our uh, farmers' bottom lines, uh, certainly valued and we're looking forward to his work there. Uh, some of the priorities need to be to expand the use of blender pumps and use our higher blends of ethanol. Uh, it seems like we've got some good signs out of the Biden administration on that front or future Biden administration, and obviously the choice of Secretary Vilsack will play a huge role there. Uh, EPA also, and uh, the decisions that need to be made there will help to uh, see to it that regulations don't stand in the way of expanding the use of homegrown biofuel like ethanol. Certainly no shortage of issues. There, on the trade front, some dairy issues like with Canada. Secretary Vilsack will bring, will bring a strong dairy background coming from his position as president and CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. Certainly will. And uh, Farmers Union knows the importance of our export market to helping uh, bring things into balance for our own dairy supply. Uh, but there, there, are concern, there are points that Farmers Union wants to continue to advance that exports aren't the only solution to our dairy situation and that with growing calls for consideration of uh, supply management in dairy to make sure that we're keeping our demand and supply in check that it's not a race to the bottom on prices. That's Mike Strands with the National Farmers Union as they look ahead to a new administration. Coming up next, we'll get a Washington update with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, the latest on a COVID aid package. Are they going to get one done? We'll find out next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. So join us for Around the Table every Tuesday, or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall with the Market Check here on this Wednesday's trading session. Row crops are stronger in trade today with buying lead by soybean meal and winter wheat as concerns persist in Argentina about the availability of product exports. Corn and soybeans are crawling back towards resistant levels, which could be setting up some interesting trade around the holidays at the end of this month. On the Board of Trade, March corn trading a penny and three quarters of a cent higher.
higher at 426 and a half cent. The May contract up a penny and a fraction at 429. March soybeans up six and a half cent at 11.95 and a quarter. The November contract up two and a half cent at 10.67 and a half cent. Chicago wheat marched down two at 5.97 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat marched down three at 5.63. Minneapolis spring wheat marched down a penny and three quarters at 5.57 and three quarters. Early week strength in lean hogs and feeder cattle trade is helping to establish renewed buyer support early Wednesday morning. Early week strength in lean hog and feeder cattle trade is helping to establish renewed buyer support early Wednesday morning. Limited additional activity is expected to develop with the tone of the market starting to move into the holiday mode despite the Christmas holiday being more than a week away. In cash cattle country, asking prices are around $110 plus in the south and still not fully established in the north. Packer inquiry should start to improve over the next several hours. On the Board of Trade, April live cattle trading 17 cents lower at 116.95. The June contract down a nickel at 112.65. March feeder cattle down 25 cents at 140.65. The April contract down 40 at 141.77. April lean hogs down 87 at 60. 68.70. The May contract down 77 at 73.32. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, we always enjoy our conversations with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley, who joins us now. Senator, Merry Christmas. Thanks for being with us. Merry Christmas to you and uh, to all the 86,000 family farmers in Iowa that produce, uh, they're part of the 2% of people in this country that produce the food for the other 98%. Merry Christmas to all of them. Well, let's start with an update. Uh, how close are you to having a spending bill and perhaps a COVID aid bill as well? You going to get one done? We're going to have a COVID aid bill. Uh, whether we aren't going to go home until we get one. And that's going to be coupled with the spending bill getting us through fiscal year ending September 30th. Let me give you the latest rumors, although I and I can only bring you up to date based on rumors. But there's a very much stronger rumor this time than most that over the evening they have reached an agreement on a COVID aid bill, call it a stimulus bill if you want to, that is under not about $900 billion compared to the two and two-tenths billion dollars that Pelosi wanted more recently or compared to the three-and-a-half trillion dollar bill that she uh, wanted way back during the summer and was still holding that ground through the election. But it's gotten very realistic now uh, to uh, move with something now we're led to believe. So that's a big breakthrough. The really big breakthrough came when Pelosi announced uh, after the election that she didn't reach an agreement during the election because she didn't want to give Trump a win before the election. Uh, that's, a, that's a 
crazy thing to admit, but that's what she said. So when they said that there was a bipartisan talks going on, leaving out the White House and leaving out Pelosi for about a $900 billion figure, and they said they were willing to start talking, that was where the big breakthrough came from Pelosi and Schumer as Democrat leaders in the Congress. Can you give us any idea what you think will be in this COVID bill? I cannot accept, uh, I, I, with, with not, not with absolute certainty, but I'm, I, several things, unless, uh, when I say several things, there could be 50 or there could be 100. But let me name five that are prominently talked about that have bipartisan agreement. Help for K-12 through education because of the cost of the school districts of protecting students and teachers from, from the uh, uh, COVID-19. Uh, also, help that we gave in March and April and June and July to small business not to have to shut down or not to have to lay off their workers. Uh, then we have uh, help for unemployed people to a greater extent. Uh, and we have money for testing and money for distribution of, uh, of vaccines that's now been approved by FDA. That's just five of things that I'm sure are going to be in there, but I can't give you figures connected with them. Will there be anything in there for agriculture specifically? As of yesterday, I heard a rumor that there would be $13 billion that not only included helping farmers, but also to help uh, increase uh, the amount of money that would go for food stamps. I, f I find it interesting. No, I mean, you'd be, you're, you're so connected there, but yet you're having to rely on some rumors as well. Uh, so are these talks that closed, uh, you know, closed door that the, uh, that you even have a hard time getting information on them? Well, you, uh, what I just told you, I could probably put some figures with them, but if those figures changed overnight on the five things I mentioned, uh, then I'd be embarrassed. So I'm just not giving you some figures, but I suppose I could throw out uh, $300 billion for small business uh, like we did in the spring uh, so they don't have to lay, they can stay open uh, because the federal government and the governors of the various states cut back on their business. They can only have maybe 25% occupancy because of social distancing uh, and not lay off their employees. Uh, that could be a figure close to what, uh, what I think will be in the final package, but I don't know for sure. And I slept eight, seven hours last night, so... What went on during those seven hours, I'm obviously not up to date on. Yep, very fluid situation, so we'll keep a close watch. Um, your thoughts on your fellow Iowan Tom Vilsack coming back to USDA. Do you like that choice? I'll probably be happier with this Biden announcement for the cabinet than I will for any of the other people he's put in his cabinet. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to be satisfied with others. But I've seen Vilsack operating for eight years in the previous Obama administration. I Maybe I didn't agree with everything, but I think he has two understandings that are very important from the Grassley point of view and Iowa. He has a very clear understanding of the importance of the family farm being kept strong, and he has a very important good understanding of the importance of biofuels uh, to the uh, benefit of grain farmers in the Midwest. I would think he would probably uh, do farewell with the nomination, the approval process. What do you think of some of the other choices so far? Will they have a tough time getting approved? Oh, I've heard rumors from colleagues that I might share, or maybe in some instances I might not share. But with the leader, uh, in the director of the Office of Management and Budget, 
I might have some concerns about the national, uh, the director of DNI as an example, or national security as another example. I don't think I find fault with the Secretary of Defense that some Democrats have uh, criticized as an example. We're also waiting to see who he picks as the EPA administrator. That's obviously a key one for agriculture as well. The Iowa delegation minus one sent a letter to Biden saying that we would help get that person through if he picked somebody that was friendly to biofuels. And our concern is this. You know, when we first started out with RFS 10 or Oh, I suppose now it's 15 years ago. Uh, the environmental community very much supported biofuels. Now they tend to be working against us on biofuels. And, uh, and uh, Biden may pick somebody that would we disagree with on some other environmental issues. But if, if he picks somebody that's friendly towards biofuels, I'd be inclined to help get that person through, even if I disagreed with them on some other environmental issues. Mm-hmm. Well, normally I would ask you your thoughts uh, for 2021 uh, as far as your agenda in Congress, but so much is still unknown until these uh, runoff races are done in Georgia early next month. Well, if I'm in the minority because we lose those two seats, and I don't think we're going to lose them, I think we're going to be in the majority by 52 to 48, and I will be chairman of a committee. If we're in the minority, I won't be chairman of a committee. But uh, I think that uh, that, uh, th- that the issues are going to be, whatever you might ask me about, the issues are going to be the same from my point of view whether I'm in the majority or minority. The only thing is, if we're in the majority, uh, we're going to set the agenda in the United States Senate as a a Republican majority, because that's what the Democrats are going to do if they're in the the majority. And what do you see as the biggest issue that you'll want to address in 2021, uh, that you can see right now anyway? Well, I would hope that we would soon get a free trade agreement with the United Kingdom. I would hope that we would follow up with phase two China. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to this president doing what Trump took us out of, uh, getting back into the Trans-Pacific Partnership free trade agreement. Uh, I would hope that we would follow on with more uh, free trade agreements Uh, negotiations with Japan, like the president got signed for agriculture in August of 2018, I believe it was. Maybe it was 2019, but either way, we have a pretty darn good agricultural agreement with China, or I mean with Japan. Hopefully, I can continue to say that about China. Uh, They're going to come up a little bit short this year, but if they meet their two-year commitment of $80 billion dollars, of agricultural purchases, I'm going to say it was a success. All right. Well, Senator, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we wish you a very Merry Christmas, and we look forward to talking with you often again in the new year. Thank you much. Take care. Goodbye. All right. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. You heard him say they're not going to leave till they get this uh, spending and COVID bill done, so we'll watch and see what they come up with. Up next, trade, a big issue for agriculture. We'll talk about what the ag groups want to see from the Biden administration on trade. That's coming up next here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, 
publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners. Broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, 1000 bucks. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home, all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301. Call now and get your first month free, plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. That's 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. The landscape of media has changed, and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information. While major news outlets show decreasing credibility, your local farm radio station still shows strong marks. In a recent survey, farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters as almost twice as reliable as major news outlets. Farm radio continues to be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, joining us is Brock Slaybaugh, Senior Vice President, Member Services for the National Rural Health Association. We're hearing about uh, shortages of, of beds and ICUs, the surge that's taking place. What can you tell us about how the system is holding up? We're experiencing some significant outbreaks of COVID in rural communities nationwide. These outbreaks are resulting in some states having positive testing rates over 50%, which is incredibly concerning as it relates to the number of individuals that will later need hospitalization, intensive care. And so our intensive care units are where I think we're having the most concern right now. That's where they're filling up. We're seeing 85, 95% occupancies in those units, uh, often just one or two beds away from overflow. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. These are the sounds of a dinner, a dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served, thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. 
Well, we just heard from Senator Grassley about some things he'd like to see in the Biden administration concerning trade. Well, a number of ag groups are making their feelings known on trade, too, and expressing those and sharing those thoughts with the incoming administration. Joining us to talk about that is Brian Keel, co-executive director for Farmers for Free Trade. Brian, good to talk with you again. Merry Christmas to you. Um, what What is the kind of the agenda or the priority list that the ag community is uh, spelling out for the incoming Biden, Biden administration, what they'd like to see when it comes to trade? Well, thanks for thanks for having me on, Mike, and great to talk with you. Merry Christmas as well. Um, you know, over the course of the summer, Farmers for Free Trade hosted a series of virtual town halls that we called Ag Talks, and we held those uh, at a state level across five states in the Midwest and invited a wide range of people to participate from, you know, pr- farmers, producers, up through food processors, uh, uh, ag finance, ag transportation, just trying to get a real robust discussion about what's what's needed to really supercharge ag in 2021 and 2022 with respect to trade. Yesterday, we released the Ag Talks report that has a series of recommendations, both for the incoming Biden-Harris administration and also for Congress, because remember, it's Congress who has primary trade authority or tariff authority, at least under the Constitution. Um, and some, some really great uh, observations coming out of that. Number one, we need to open up new markets. It's been entirely too long since we've had a real new trade agreement. I mean, we had the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, but that was really an update to NAFTA. You know, in the last really eight years, uh, we've been, we, the United States, have kind of been sitting on the sidelines of trade um, as the EU has been negotiating agreements with countries all around the world. The U.S. hasn't taken a new trade agreement to the floor of the Congress and had it ratified um, going back about eight years now. So, um, so really opening new markets, that's key number one. Getting rid of existing tariffs that are really a drag on agriculture is key number two. And then three, I think if there's a third message, it's really infrastructure, whether it's broadband uh, deployment for rural America or bridges, ports, rails, inland waterways. The United States needs to invest in the infrastructure that allows us to get our goods to market. Is there a consensus among ag groups about when to try to get into uh, TPP or some form of that, which, of course, uh, um, it looked like at one point we might get into but both uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton who was running against him in the last election she wasn't in favor of TPP either what uh, what do you signals are you getting from the Biden administration on this well we the the, the ag talks coalition all the farmer farm organizations that participated and that included corn growers wheat growers uh, farm bureau others you know i think there was broad consensus getting into the trans pacific partnership again would be a good thing you know, when, when the United States pulled out of the TPP, uh, the other countries, the other 11 countries, Pacific Rim countries, they didn't sit still. They said, well, thank you very much for helping us negotiate this, this groundbreaking agreement. We're all moving forward without you. So those 11 countries formed what's now called the CPTPP, uh, which is those 11 countries, a free trade bloc that unfortunately we're on the sidelines looking in. And and what we're finding is because they had a free trade agreement that we helped negotiate, they now have a reduction of tariffs. They're trading goods back and forth. And we're, we're kind of on the outside looking in saying, well, wait a minute, we helped negotiate this. You know, Farm Bureau had estimated that if we entered the TTP, it would generate $4 billion annually in farm revenues in the United States. That's $4 billion we just we let go because we thought it was not a good enough agreement. I think that's unfortunate. So so we're really hopeful that the Biden administration will take a, a good look at, at getting back into that coalition. We're talking with Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. Now, you mentioned uh, not really new deals, USMCA, an update of NAFTA. We do have the U.S.-Japan trade deal, which seems to be working very well. We do. You know, U.S.-Japan, I think things to note, it's not really a comprehensive trade agreement. It had some good elements in it, a lot of which really were taken from Trans-Pacific Partnership. I mean, that we had sort of that basis already negotiated. It had some new elements, but it's. I think it falls short of the comprehensive agreement we would need to really supercharge ag exports. And I think what we heard from these, these ag talks series uh, throughout the summer 
is Japan is critically important. We should be putting emphasis on getting into an agreement with Japan, either a bilateral or the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, you know, a lot of the Southeast or uh, Southeast Asia uh, nations that are have a growing middle class that have a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, those are those are places we should be putting our time and energy to try to crack open trade deals. And then a little bit closer to home, you know, the EU, EU and UK trade. Really, we should be putting energy in to try to increase our ag exports to those countries. So, would you summarize? Uh, uh, what you've heard uh, from ag groups and farmers and ranchers, what they want to see in this coming up, trade rather than tariffs, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think most people feel like tariffs tariffs have not really been a tool that's worked. Uh, they've, they've really been a drag on our ag economy. That's why farm bankruptcies are up. That's why uh, you know farm uh, farm debt is up. Uh, we need to we need to get those commodities moving again, and one piece of that is rolling back tariffs. But critically, another piece is just negotiating new trade agreements. Uh, we the United States can't sit on the sidelines. Our competitors aren't sitting still. You know, if, if we if we hunker down and put our head in the sand and say, well, we're just we're not going to engage, we're going to lose these markets for decades. And it's we need to be much more aggressive about opening up new markets and and telling the world we're here to play. And as you mentioned, infrastructure is a big part of this, being able to move those goods to those uh, export markets. And there's talk again about uh, doing something on infrastructure, but we've heard a lot of talk on that in the past. Hopefully we'll see some more action moving forward. Brian, good to talk with you again. Thanks uh, for the update, and we'll be talking again soon. Merry Christmas. Thank, thank you, Mike. Take care. Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. That does it for today. Tomorrow, we'll get another update on where they're at with the spending and COVID bills. And we'll talk with Feeding America about the ongoing efforts uh, during this holiday season to feed, help feed the food insecure. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.